When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And I tell you guys, I love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I will ride with this group until they don't want to play more. There it was. That was Kevin O'Connell right before the night practice last night, getting everyone fired up for an under the lights extravaganza. I, I did think see it was. Yeah. He, he took the, he took the mic right to the crowd. I did see he did a little yep. pump up to the crowd, right? Did that last year too. Yep, yeah. yep. G- gave him uh, you, you're incredibly important. I, you know, opening day. I expect to see you there and make as much noise as possible because last season they opened at home against the Packers. It's the Bucks this time. Not as exciting, but yes, he definitely had the pump up the crowd. You you guys are great speech, which is fine. It's fun. And then did he hand you the microphone night. after that to kind of? Put a stamp on it. So he was very, he did approve. I brought, since he broached the subject on um, KFXN during the course of the week about being in Home Depot and having people come up and say, before I die, you know, I just want one coach before I die. And I don't think he was aware of the background there, despite the fact he's been on our show a couple times, but clearly he's a busy man. So I did bring him a before I die beer and said, this is what it's all about. I said, this is what it's all, and, and he was very excited. He's like, oh, cool, okay, yeah. And I said, "There's that's just a motto that we started as a rallying cry for all of these people, you know, some some old, some very young, who just want a Super Bowl. And then I was also told that Kirk Cousins is very aware of this as well uh, and, and has said before that when he sees a before I die shirt or something that says before I die, he knows exactly what that's about. So the that's Vikings cool. are very aware of the mission mm. of Purple Daily. That's that's mm. really cool. That's really cool. Um, and so you're telling me real quick here, you're telling me that the head coach of the Purple has a can of Surly before I die lager in his possession right now. That is. Yes. That's I'm not amazing. sure. If, now, I'm not sure if he's going to chill it and drink it in which case i can certainly get get him more or if he's just going to put it on on his desk but yes the the rallying cry that he heard while shopping for for things on his honeydew list is has now come full circle to where he's like okay this is this is where it started this is what it's all about and it's encapsulated in a beer Wow, that's my. That might have been the best right there. I mean, I don't know how we can plug Surly's before I die lager any better than that story you just told right there. So why don't you go to your local liquor store and pick up one of mm. these glorious cans that represents the rallying cry for all of us here on Purple Daily? 
Yep, exactly right. So it is now infiltrated, TCO, you guys. So before I die, before I die, the mission, the beer, the entire thing. If you were on the fence about, should I try this beer? Should I? Damn right you should, because the mission is now complete in this sense. It has now infiltrated the actual participants in the Before I Die campaign (laughs) to end what sixty-two years? We've stormed the practice facility. Exactly, we're, we're, we're in we're the, the building. We're, we're the in the building. Surly is in the building, and you should be in your bar at your liquor store enjoying before that. Also, before we get started here, uh, it's going to be mostly Judd's camp notes. We will mix in some feedback here on our uh, Friday live stream here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. A shout out to our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL, an official TV partner of the NFL. Judd, you've been at tra- I'm going to be at training camp a few days next week. I'll be at the night practice on Tuesday. So nice. I'm going to I'm going to ramp up my training camp participation here for week 2. Uh, but one of the cool things and you experienced this last night, I experienced it on Monday when I was there. If there are Purple Daily listeners and viewers in the crowd, do not be shy. Do not hesitate to say hi. Okay? Sports Dad won't bite you. Macadac won't bite you. Uh, we love meeting you. So if you do see us roaming around, you know, the media sections or the fan sections of practice, feel free to, to shout out. We'd love to say hi and, uh, and give you a pound ski. Absolutely. In, in fact, I, I had, um, because the stadium practice last night, fans, because we were on the sidelines. So fans, it's a little bit har- harder in the training camp practices because we're often hidden below the stands. So fans can't see us as much. But in this case, it was perfect. And I had, I don't know, a bunch of folks shout, shout me out, asked to shake my hand. We'll get to one wow. training camp note in which a guy screamed at me, you make sure Dex sees this. You make sure that Dex <laughs> knows this. So there's actually a guy. And, and oh, we, I know and, what it is. I and Guy and I are on the same page. Guy and I are on the same page. But, yeah, I we I don't think people understand how, how much we appreciate that, though. Like, it is so cool. Yeah. And, and look, we've come from a place of starting the, this up back in the old radio days as well. But, I mean, it is m- much appreciated. So, yes, thank you for all of you who not just consume us, but sh- uh, shout us out. In fact, I was going to try and show you this quickly. This is um, Sports Dad, if, if you can, if you're watching on YouTube, actually signing during you're the practice. Signing, you're signing so, autographs. A young man asked me, he asked me to sign his, uh, his Vikings flag, <laughs> and I also signed a football um, and yes, he said, I love the podcast. And this kid was probably, I don't know, 12 or something. So, but yeah, so I am actually signing during the practice. <laughs> oh my God. And, what do, okay. And again, I'd like to say, like, thank, <laughs> I want to thank people. Cause that is really, really cool. Do like players and other media see you signing autographs? At Seifert took that picture. <laughs> Kevin Seifert took the picture without me asking. Oh, hilarious, he, he's dude. like, I took a picture, which was very nice of Kevin. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, um, <laughs> it's really, really cool. It, it's very gratifying to know that our work hits home. And uh, yeah, I was asked to sign. I did realize, though, so if this is going to become a thing, and I'm not sure how you guys approach this or feel about it, because one kid asked me to sign his football. Um, if this is going to become a thing, even occasionally, like rarely, I got to improve my signature. Oh, wow. I don't got the great signature. 
You're you not know, like, like I, the Har- like Harmon Killebrew, the old yeah. Twins player. Well, and, and a lot of athletes of are, I give them credit. Like there's a lot of especially ex-players who do a really nice job with the big looping. And um, I can improve mine. I'd like to apologize that my... <laughs> Wolfgang Gangwolf chimes in here in the YouTube comment section. Hey, Jeb, my name's Little Johnny. Can I get an autograph? Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know. Like, don't ask me to personalize Little Bill, it. Little Billy. Don't yes. ask me to personalize it because I'll forget <laughs> your name by the time I, I commit the pen to the uh, piece of the thing to sign, and then it'll be all So if you're ranking, over. like, the demand for autographs inside the arena, inside the practice facility, Justin Jefferson, number one, Kirk Cousins, maybe number two, Daniil Hunter, and Judd Zolgad, probably four on that list, just ahead of uh, Harrison Smith. It was very gratifying. So you signed gratifying. a couple, not just one? You signed multiple autographs hey, of Vikings two. practice last I signed night. a kid's banner and then a football. Because I went to the stands because oh, yeah. they're they're like, Judd, at Purple Daily, we love that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I'm like, God. hey, thanks a lot. I try and say thank you and, like, walk and and shake hands. I mean, well, you know. You know, you've know. come a long way from when, uh, you know, we were doing just AM radio, you know, whatever, eight, ten years ago. And, like, the only people that would recognize you at Vikings practice are, like, the bar owners of Boomtown and maybe Applebee's. Like, the bar manager at Applebee's be like, yeah. Yeah. Close us Johnny down B. again tonight. Johnny, Johnny B's, B. man. Johnny B's. What a good roast beef sandwich. Yes, you're correct. Amazing. Well, let's all right. Let's get into some Judd Camp notes here. Now that we've got the self gratification <laughs> part of the show out of the way. Oh, um, thank you, people. Yeah. What uh, What stood out to you at Vikings night practice last night? All right. So, uh, as the kids like to say, pack a lunch. We got some. We got some observations. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want a meaty, lot of information. You're about to get it, including some uh, transactions that we'll get to as well, because the Vikings are sniffing around a a veteran cornerback, and they are on the precipice of signing an XFL star running back. But anyway, uh, let's start with the actual practice itself and who did and who didn't take part. Marcus Davenport on the field did not take part, and he has not taken part in a practice now for, I believe it's the last two. Uh, He he did go through, obviously, the walkthrough on – on Thursday, but that's a walkthrough. That's not a practice. So Kevin O'Connell started his, um, his availability yesterday by basically giving updates on a few players and then saying beyond that, I don't really have much to tell you. So the Davenport thing, I don't know. He is there. So it's not like he's gone, but um, something happened there. I'm sure we'll find out eventually, but that's a little bit of a concern because like you are relying on, on him, hopefully to have, you know, a bounce back year. This is like the prove it year for him. And he certainly has the talent to be, um, if not a game changer, uh, with Daniil Hunter on the other linebacker side, he has the talent yeah. to be an impactful player, but it is a little bit concerning and hopefully it's just a tweak or something, but that was the first one. That's interesting. I mean, he's, why hasn't he played as many snaps as other edge rushers? Is is it injury stuff for him the last few years? He's not like a nine hundred snaps guy in his career, Mm-mm. you know. So that more that situational, might be... maybe. I I don't know off the top of my head, but I would guess it was. I, I would guess he might be more of a third down guy then. Well, like even in, with the Saints, right? This is I'm guessing a little bit here, but I remember the last time I looked at his reference page, he's only played like at the most like sixty percent of snaps on defense. Yeah. It might even be less than that. Yeah. He like he hasn't he's only played 500 snaps once in his five year career, so they're either using him situationally or like last year he didn't miss a game, but he didn't play. 
you know, this, like Daniil Hunter's playing 65, 70 snaps in a game. Marcus Davenport's right. playing 30 to maybe 45. Right. So, all right, something to keep an eye on. Andrew Booth Jr. didn't participate again. Now, he left practice early um, back on Tuesday, walked off with a doctor. This is just a concern, and I think that the Vikings are probably sniffing around a veteran cornerback because if you're not available, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. So the reality is, um, and I think we talked about this more extensively yesterday, so we don't have to harp on it, but Andrew Booth Jr. is a guy who was clearly on the second team. Like, he is not bumping up, and and this team will get to this. Brian Flores is itching to create competition. Like, this is fun. Um, but Booth Jr. has not really gotten his way into that, and now he he's hurt. They said that they were going to take a look at him possibly to practice last night, but he didn't. Uh, that's just another one where, you know, it's a second round pick. You like more, right? Like you like, but they did take a chance there. And it, and if he can't stay healthy, I guess the question is, how many times do you hit your head against the wall with this one? Like I understand he's still young. I'm not saying that you should give up immediately, but he's a guy who dealt with injuries I think going back to high school and now he was hurt last year didn't play much at the start of the year then got a chance and immediately got hurt I think it was a torn meniscus against Dallas so he didn't practice and I would be concerned that he can't stay on the field and when he was on the field for a defense that really wants to create competition he was clearly second team so I mean I don't want to jump too far ahead or maybe this is a good segue into I mean they're they're obviously looking at help and depth right can we get into the Ronald Darby report now is this a good segue sure. yeah it's fine it, yep. I mean I don't know if it's like a direct correlation to Andrew Booth Jr. once again can't stay healthy or if it's just hey there's a guy that's been pretty damn good before a torn ACL who's available uh, but it sounds like they've got their eyes on a 29 year old rock solid but recovering from ACL injury cornerback and Ronald Darby right didn't they sniff around him last year before the season two, I think he had been let go, and they sniffed around him as well. Was it two years ago? So he's been with Denver at some for point. Two they years. did. It might have been a couple of years ago. Like okay, he was. So he's he's actually been with five teams. He's drafted second round pick by Buffalo back in 2015. Yeah, two years with Buffalo. Then he spent three years with Philadelphia. Yep. One year in Washington, the pandemic year of 2020, and then Denver for the last two years. Okay, well, if you look at the age of their of their corners. It makes a lot of sense to probably bring in a guy who certainly might not start, but gives you veteran depth. So Darby makes sense. Um, I'm sure that the Darby look-see might have something to do with Booth, but the Booth thing, too, is just a concern. Like, this guy cannot stay healthy. So that's a definite concern. Um, Brian O'Neill was in full uniform for the first time in training camp. Now, he did not take part, and I don't expect him to, and they shouldn't especially on turf. Um, but it does appear that his progression, and it was what a uh, foot doctor who was on write that down about a month ago, basically outlined for us good stuff about why it was very possible that he was going to be absolutely fine. So it looks like the progression of work off to the side is, is now being ramped up a bit. And that is obviously great news. That offensive yeah, so, line is not the same without him. So That's he just like 
wears pads to get like how, is that just practice. like a football thing or just gonna yeah, put the pads get, on and stand on the, the sweat on <laughs> well he he went through he he went through like the the individual like like when they start he did some stuff but like teamwork he won't do which is fine i'm sure he will not play until at the earliest uh september 10th against the buccaneers but the fact is like you're looking for is he progressing is he going to to be doing more because i mean this guy is so key this guy is so important, and it looks like the answer to that is yes. Um, the next one is reckless speculation, but it was interesting. Well, this is um, reckless speculation. Let's make sure we're all in the yeah. And for people that aren't aware, reckless speculation is a safe space to speculate recklessly about our teams. Okay, right. No uh, judgment. So night practice, team drills. T.J. Hawkinson in uniform appears absolutely fine didn't take part in the team drills. TJ Hawkinson. I have a follow-up to that. Okay. There was a picture of TJ Hawkinson talking casually with Ziggy Wilf, who looks great, by the way. Ziggy Wilf. You should have seen the picture of Seifert and I having a conversation with our guy. Oh, with the Ziggmeister? The Ziggmeister stopped by. He told us to have a great season. Wow. Was he doing that with everyone? He's just like, no, jolly no, 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 no. I was on the private plane. Seifert c- covered him when he bought the team. No, Ziggy was not looking for it, for uh, pressing the flesh with members of the fourth estate. He only did it with those that he knew. And yes. And so yeah, TJ he, Hawkinson. He doesn't even make eye contact with anyone that hasn't been on his private plane at least once. Right. So he came by. In fact, um, I think it was. On Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken, in an MLS, it wasn't an official league game. It was some type of cup game. Um, Orlando played Miami, and the Wilfs do own the Orlando men's and women's team, and so he was there to watch Messi. Who scored two more goals. He's got five goals in like three games. We're soccer guys. We're (laughs) soccer guys. We're football guys. What what does Ziggy think of Messi? Does he give give a couple takes? Oh, he's very excited. Oh, yeah, he's super excited. Because yeah. the league, yeah, it's going to help the league tremendously. Like, like he's he is absolute soccer royalty. So yes, he is very excited. Um, he he was quite surprised that Miami is not playing a game here though. Because I said, yeah, we don't mm-hmm. get to see him. No messy no. here. Yeah. We don't get to see him. But anyway, yeah, the Hawkinson talking to Wilf was intriguing. Um, I haven't really. I can't think of anything I've seen that would make me say that Hawkinson is holding in but perhaps they're close to an extension or something it, it was it was just interesting i don't think I, I mean he might be banged up i don't know but it certainly didn't look like it and yes it's the time of year this is ordinarily the time when brzezinski likes to get something done yeah he's uh he's he's been in his lair all week long if i had to venture a guess this is just reckless speculation here okay just a little reckless speculation among friends right? reckless speculation you're probably not yucking it up it's a night practice. You're probably not sitting out and yucking it up with the owner of the franchise unless you're waiting for the ink to dry on your new lucrative contract. That'd right? be great. So you're so you're saying press conference tomorrow. Your reckless speculation is uh, Saturday. I'd say probably like a Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday. Okay, but well, you get it done. Get it done. Yeah. But yeah, so don't worry about it. TJ Hawkinson appears to be fine, but it was interesting that he only took part in, in portions of practice. The juxtaposition to that was Justin Jefferson, who is eligible for a contract, but has two years instead of one left on his current rookie deal, was going lights out. 
like Justin does. All right. So, so as I told you, pack a lunch, we've got in my notes here, we've actually got so much to talk about that I have in bold, in bold and caps, I have three more categories. Holy the cow. offense, other notes, which are intriguing, and the kicking notes. So if we would like to do an ad read here, I suggest we take a little break. Oh, wow. I suggest guy. we take a little he's, break, he's call, and I'm, I'm going to turn the, four, I'm gonna turn the show <laughs> over to you so that we can have a little bit of halftime here. Bear with us. <laughs> You know, there's nothing Quality like a great, a great halftime snack at our favorite place in the North Loop, 3Jack. Dex, tell the audience. Oh, my gosh. Yes, there's a quality control coach, Judd Zolgad, uh, uh, calling a <laughs> shot here with the golf simulator bay, maybe to the nachos, that hot chicken sandwich, that steak sandwich. Plenty of great options at 3Jack. And, you know, maybe you didn't get a tee time in. If you didn't book a tee time this weekend and you still want to get your swings in, why don't you go to 3Jack, 3Jack.com uh, to book that bay. And with the Twins uh, coming back to town soon as well, uh, show them your ticket stub, and they'll actually give you a free drink on them. Uh, go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com to learn more. You know, uh, I don't want to spoil anything here, but I got a call this week from our friends at Power Lodge that said, would you guys be interested in uh, like doing some Purple Daily content or a podcast from a oh pontoon God. before the oh. summer's over? Okay. Like, like wow. Uh, yes, that <laughs> yeah. would be amazing, especially because Power Lodge is celebrating their 25th year. And so they've got 25 days of deals that they're going to be yeah. unveiling on okay. Power Lodge social media. Look at there's Judd right there teaching someone how to mm-hmm. fish, as he always does on these Bennington pontoons. Um, yeah, that's very, very funny. I will not be I, I would not be fishing, but enjoying talking football on a pontoon. Are you kidding me? I love that idea. Talking that football fantastic. while fishing. I think we need to see if we can get Judd to multitask. Oh, we got one. Oh, I'm not really an adept. Oh, I'm not really an adept f- fisherman, and I don't have the equipment. But I would be willing to try. Like I've done okay. it before. It's been it's been years. It's been absolutely years. Yeah. I'm not real good at casting. Casting? You need the perfect cast, man. Come on, the cast. You know when you're it's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, I know it, it depends. It depends I'm on not, the uh, the you know. Do you have the do you have the button which is here. just the catch and release, or do you have to have the finger on you know the other one? This is I'm old school fisherman. I don't do buttons. Judge I've never a done bra- a, button. a branch with like some string tied. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of Dex, I'm like 1890s. <laughs> I think there was that guy one catching fish Huck to eat. Finn. He's- <laughs> Hey, honey, the, I'm home. There was that kid's fishing pole in the early 2000s when I was a kid that was just, it was basically a Nerf gun of a fishing rod. You just pushed a button and it would just, okay. it would just shoot it off. Yeah. I could do that. Okay. Maybe Thank get you. one of those for Judd. Um, those don't come with the pontoon. Go to powerlodge.com or millermarine.com and snag some throttle therapy. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation for yourself. Okay, back to the all right. Judd's camp notes here. We're getting into some bolded categories now in his yes. notebook. Uh, so category two, the offense and Jordan Addison. And I, I want to weave these two together, but I think it's a pretty exciting co- uh, conversation. So there is no question about it. Jordan Addison continues to flash. 
awesome. His speed looks, I mean, he is, he is fast. He is going to, you can see why he's going to stretch the field or more importantly, create the perception that he will. See, it doesn't really, it's not like you've got to hit him time after time on deep routes, right? It's the perception of we have to account for him, which was the problem last year. You didn't have that guy. And so there, there was one uh, a double move that he made on rookie draft pick Jay Ward in a one-on-one drill where I think Ward, who was a very versatile defensive back, was technically a cornerback, um, for a touchdown from Kirk. It was a really nice catch. He almost made a great catch in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone. It was broken up, and we'll get back to this name too, by a cornerback by the name of Jalen Williams, who was a UDFA, I believe, from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really nice defensive play. Now, in the red zone drill, Addison comes back and makes a great catch in the back of the end zone and gets his feet in. Uh, they also, and this is the most important one, in my opinion, and it, was, it resulted in an incompletion, but this is where I think the conversation goes. There's one play in team drills um, in the stadium where Kirk drops back and Addison is wide open way down the field, and Kirk overshoots him. Okay, that's not great. But the fact was there was a two or three times where I saw this transpire, and Addison got open almost every single time. Mm-hmm. And so this is where it's now unfolding, and, and we've talked about this, so it's not breaking news, but this is where we're seeing the offense. This is the vision. This is the vision that Adam Thielen couldn't give you because he couldn't create separation and quite frankly by 2022 with his injuries he couldn't run jordan addison is consistently going to get you the threat of being down the field in this practice too and like they were doing this stuff so it's not like it's it's not like a formulated opinion of what could be justin jefferson catching everything underneath and then kj osborne who i would still consider the two so i if the depth chart, if we just went by a one wide receiver depth chart, and they'll obviously use three of you guys, but it would be Justin Jefferson, KJ right now, Addison third. But Justin Jefferson, or KJ Osborne also caught a touchdown, caught a couple of nice passes. Like this is this is the the vision of how this is going to work. And the fact is, the Vikings have the ability, at least with these three, to have um, different ways to punch you with the passing game. That's going to create even more for Jefferson because the focal point is how can we get Jefferson, first of all, not double covered as much, but when he is, how can we make teams pay? All right, this there's a lot to unpack here. This is really there is. good stuff. Let's so let's dive a little bit deeper here on Jordan Addison. So um what I want to know from you is one of the knocks on him, besides size, right? Size was in terms of like height and weight, he's really low on the percentile scale of you know, there, he's five. He's listed at five foot eleven, uh, one hundred seventy-one pounds at the NFL Combine. You know, most yep. receivers are much closer to two hundred pounds or over two hundred pounds. And six, six two. There's some six three, six four guys out there. So, so he comes into the league as one of the more like diminutive wide receivers, right? And then you look at some of his like relative athletic score stuff. The forty yard dash. He ran a four point four nine. So call it a four point five which was in like the 70th percentile, so he wasn't a burner coming out. The 20-yard split on the 40-yard dash? Football. 
was even lower in terms of percentile, like the 68th percentile. Yep. So what is it from now that you've sort of seen him, if you just lined up a bunch of NFL players and said, go run a 40-yard dash, he would not win that race. He would not even be in the top 30% of that race, right? Correct. What makes his football speed flash more than his testing and combine speed? Football. That's a great question, Phil. Because clearly he gets separation, right? Well, yeah. So it's route running, it's technique. In 2000, if if Jordan Addison had been the same age as Troy Williamson in 2005, Troy would have kicked his ass in a race. Here's the difference. And this is, so two things. I've always contended, and Chris Carter showed this in his prime, straight line speed is not how football is played. Straight line speed is great if you're in track and field. But the reality is, is how do you, how quickly can you get to your route mark? Now, here's what the difference is, too, that I think I've seen in practice. And this is the this is the nuance of this entire thing. Jordan Addison's footwork. Watch Jefferson's footwork on, like, cone drills. It's unbelievable. Like, he is I, – I would liken it to a great boxer. Mm-hmm. I would liken it to a great boxer who might not be the greatest boxer in the world, but footwork is a huge part of that sport. And you watch the, these guys. If you, when they line up and you watch the footwork, you can see guys who are, are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like they're, they're all fine. But then you see a Jefferson, or in my opinion, in watching Addison, the speed with, with which they move their feet to get to where they're going. Yeah. That's the difference. And Addison has that. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, Thiel and I don't think we would ever consider a burner. But there was a long time when he was fast enough playing football, right? And part of it's because he was a pro's pro. He knew how to run a route, and his footwork was good. So I, I think it goes, we fall in love so much with 40-yard dash. What was your time in the 40? But the reality is that's just a small piece here. And Addison's ability on double moves, like he knows what he's doing, which is a huge thing because we've seen guys who don't, you know, Cordell Patterson was a phenomenally and still is a phenomenally talented athlete, but, but why wasn't he a great receiver route running and ability to get to where he was supposed to be at the right time. So that's where I think that there is a difference. And I'm not guaranteeing that Jordan is going to be all world immediately. I'm just saying I'm seeing things that are crystallizing what the vision of Kevin O'Connell clearly is as he sips up, as he sips happily on us before I die. And you know what? You know, it's been, what, a week of training camp, a little over a week of training camp. And we said, one of the first things we said a week and a half ago after the the speeding thing and some of the weird off-season stuff is, you know what, just put your head down, go go play football, put your head in the playbook, and go go have a good camp. And it's, it's yep. great to see that he is responding in that way after the first eight, nine, ten days of training camp. So this is exactly how you should respond after your first summer in the NFL with injuries and with getting pulled over and stuff, um, you know, gets you off to kind of a weird start. Yes. And, and keep in mind too, the old thing that I always say, there's a big difference between sports and football smarts and like knowing not to drive too fast. So the kid I'm off the field. I got no clue. The kid might be a dummy, but as long as he can run his routes and doesn't get himself in trouble off the field, I'll take sports smarts every time. Yeah. Right. Some of the dumbest people I've known are really, really sports smart. Yep, no, it's, yeah, including it's weird, media. but it's true. <laughs>
including yeah, me. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. Um, <laughs> okay. It is time to do other notes. Other notes from last night's practice. Uh, there are some surprising competitions here. There is a note on safeties that is very different. Um, there is a play of, of the night to get to, but I want to start with this one because this is a guy that we've t- talked about a lot. And during Unchained with Royce, Phil asked me about who would be my uh, top three candidates right now if we still did Mr. Mankato, which, as Phil said, with Patrick has lost its luster a little bit, not being in Mankato now. Um, but this was very interesting to me because I don't think I've seen it yet in drills, team drills, until last night. Ivan Pace Jr., who what came off the pup, was on the pup to start training camp, mm-hmm. came off of it. Mm-hmm. He got extensive reps with the first team in place of Brian Asamoa, who got reps first team and second team, and so did Pace. But as far as I can tell from what we witnessed last night, this is a competition. And, and it might be a situational one. There certainly might be times with a year of, a pro experience that Brian Flores is more comfortable with Asamoah. I don't know on that one, but this was not like some, Hey kid, go in there for a few snaps. This was extensive time. Ivan Pace, who is a uh, 231 and Asamoah who is listed at six feet, two twenty six. Uh, there appears to be a real competition here. And this goes back to what we've been talking about. It's because I think they're going to perceive that linebacker spot as almost a hybrid safety as well. So it's not going to be the traditional linebacker, stop the run. I think that's yeah. Jordan Hicks. Super, super interesting here mm. because, you know, this is uh, – I think we've just sort of penciled in our heads that Brian Asamoa, Brian Asamoa, right? He's going to he's gonna be started. But, but you've cautioned against that for months. Because he hasn't – and I'm a, I'm a Brian Asamoa guy, but he hasn't played. You know, he's barely, he's barely played any snaps in the NFL on actual defense. So, it, you know – does he does he just get the job? Right? I sort of like this. Even if their plan is to give it to Asamoa, he should have to earn it too. If there's another guy or two, they're and they're pretty thin in terms of like who would actually be. There's really like three guys that you might trust to start in that. Maybe four, like Troy Die. But um, so it's it's not exactly a thick group of competition. But I love it, man. I either love it for the optics and for just hey, Brian, you got to earn this thing. And also, you know, Ivan Pace was one of the best linebackers in college football and some size and, like, arm stuff, you know, doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL, but he's definitely one. If we were still doing, like, an official Mr. Mankato oh, God, yeah. thing, Ivan Pace might be the favorite right now based on running with the ones, right? Absolutely. But I just – I think this also goes back to what Flora's intent is here as well, and – as far as the linebacker position goes now, um, as we're a week plus into training camp, it's very clear to me that Jordan Hicks is going to be the foundational guy. He's going to be the guy that they look to to lead it, and he's going to be the guy probably that they look to to stop the run, right? Mm-hmm. That other position, I think, is going to be very intriguing. And I think that guy, because if it's Asimo or Pace, is going to be young and fast. I think you're looking at a position there, again, that's sort of a hybrid safety as well. So, that, to me, though, was eye-opening because I didn't expect it. I guess I'm not completely shocked, but that's the first one. Uh, hey, the real, second, real quick, real yeah. one thing on Ivan Pace, just one more thing. Sure. So, um, And maybe we can talk a little bit more about You know what? Actually, I'm going to save this because I okay. think there's a, there's a great – we're going to do some feedback Friday for our Saturday episode, and 
I'd love to just lead with some Ivan Pace stuff because there's more meat on that bone, and, and we can do more of it on uh, the, the next episode. So carry on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hitman is back. Wow. The Hitman is back, and he ain't playing oh. a cover two. He ain't playing a shell. Uh, Harrison Smith is going to go back to how he was used. It's very, very clear in his heyday with Zimmer. Um, and, and again, much like, and look, Harrison Smith is a better player than Hicks, but much like with Hicks, I think that there's just this complete confidence too, that this guy's not, is not going to take him time. He's going to know what he's doing. He's not going to at least screw up schematically. Um, but in watching those safeties last night, just get after it all over the place. You didn't know, and it, it goes back yeah. to Phil, what you observed in Tuesday's practice. You don't know who's going to do what. And Harrison Smith is going to be a linchpin of that. But I think it's very, very safe to say that the hitman is back in town and he ain't Eddie Donatel's Harrison God. Smith. God. Putting the cape back on. All of this is such an indictment on Donatel, right? And, and this yeah, defense, this defense is probably going to struggle. You know, we're, no one's going to mistake this defense for the 2000 Ravens here. But how do you how do you take that job last year and say Harrison Smith, you're going to do it my way? You know, like why would you not? These defensive coordinators that have a scheme and a system, and this is how we as opposed to coming in and saying, hmm, okay. So Daniil Hunter likes to do this, and Harrison Smith is good at this, and then sort of molding it that way. Like, that's, at the very least, Brian Flores is coming in and saying, week to week, by the way, because remember when Joe Schmidt from Channel 5 asked him at the introductory press conference, do you run a 4-3 or a 3-4? And he goes, who are we playing? Right. What week is it? Right. So he's he is using chess pieces the way that they are supposed to be used. So this is... Hopefully Harrison Smith has not reached the age cliff yet because it'll be fun for at least one season to see what he looks like in this type of system. He's in fantastic shape. I, I think he's fine. I, th- I think he's fine because I think he is, unless he gets hurt, I think he is so smart by now, too, that he's always going to be around the right place. Yeah. So, like, if he has, if there's a weakness uh, with his aging and he can't get to the position or, or the place that he ordinarily would, I think the difference now is, He'll basically be there because he's just so smart. Um, All right. That's the good news at safety. The bad news is this. After watching practice last night, it's very clear why Lewis seen is a backup. Um, There were just a few broken plays with him. I mean, it wasn't a disastrous practice, but you can see why the coaching staff is just like, because Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, obviously, and Josh Metellus. In fact, in uh, his preseason press conference the Tuesday before practice started. Harrison Smith talked about Metellus is basically he could coach us. Like like he get he could get up in the safety room and lead us. Wow. Like he knows that much. And so it's like Bynum same way, incredibly smart. Harrison Smith, Metellus, and all the athletic ability in the world isn't going to save your ass if you are in the wrong position or not picking things up. And I'm not yeah. even I'm not even trying to say it's easy because we all know it's not. Like there's a lot of things to learn, but I think what's holding scene back more so than coming off the broken leg is the same thing that was holding him back a year ago. And I think it's when you stack him up against the three guys that are getting substantial playing time at safety, yeah. he doesn't have the same ability to process things yet and we're ne- and we're now two years in could he okay this would obviously be 
not what you spent the first round draft pick on, but could he turn into a special teams ace at the very yeah. least? Yeah. You know, could you salvage so, it that way where, all right, you're going to be awesome on, all you have to know is go get the guy with the ball, right? On punt coverage or, you know, kickoffs. This is going to bite him in the ass if a guy gets hurt or if, if Smith retires after this season. Like, that's where it's going to bite him. I think it's fine. I mean, it's not fine because it's a first-round pick, but I think it's workable now. But, you know, at some point in time, the expectation was he was probably going to step in for Smith. Yeah. So I think this bites him in the butt really badly if if he's not up to speed a year from now or at, at whatever point he's actually – it's like, no, dude, you got to play. Interesting. Well, that's not uh, not good news for Vikings fans, but we've kind of – Kind of seen that one coming from no pun intended. It's very unfortunate. Okay. You have anything else in other, or do we get to the thing, the the Declan note? I got to play of the night. I got to play of the night because two-minute drill, end of practice, second-team offense, trying to move the ball. Nick Mullins, a quarterback, of course, okay? So in that drill, he throws a pass over the middle to a wide receiver named Thayer Thomas. Do you recall when I said that I was going to – Bring back the name Jalen Williams, the UDFA mm-hmm. from Indiana. Mm-hmm. He lights Thayer Thomas up. Football hit. Oh. This is like a regular season. He lights him up. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Theo Jackson does it. Jalen Williams picks the carom of the ball off and takes it in for a touchdown. Wait. Okay. So hold on. So Theo Jackson, who's a safety, mm-hmm. lights up Thayer Thomas, who Got was going to catch the ball. The ball pops in the air, and Jalen Williams, excuse me, he picks the ball off and houses it. Wow. So and we're not supposed to you. do that, though. I know it's full pads and stuff, I but don't we're not think, supposed to be. I don't think Coordinator Flores was probably too upset about that, though. Was was Coordinator <laughs> Phillips upset about it? Coordinator well, that, it, O'Connell? Debbie Moore O'Connell. But, Kev, and, Kevin, it, o, Kevin O'Coordinator? But anyway, the aggressiveness, while not encouraged, I, you know, this again shows, and yes, these were second team guys, but this again shows the mentality is different too. Yeah, let's not be taking a bunch of dumb fifteen yard penalties. Well, but I'm I'm here for being aggressive. I don't think it would have been a penalty team. in a regular season game. I, but okay. he he lights them up in a practice. And look, if that is Osborne, Addison, or God forbid Jefferson, that guy's off my team today. Yeah. But it wasn't. The aggressiveness. Yeah, if, it's, if it's one of these other slappies, you know, it's very football. Wheel them off the field. It's I guess. very football. football. <laughs> okay, so kicking notes. This is um, last night was it was the second time, but you know, with a night practice and a bunch of fans there, it was really the first time that we that we no pun intended kicked off the kicking competition between uh, what Jack Pudlesny and Greg Joseph, and this is where a fan at the end of practice yelled at me. You make sure Declan sees this. You you make sure you talk about this. I forget your name because I don't recall names, but I'm about to do it. Hey, guy who yelled at me I actually didn't get practice. his name. Loyal listener his... and viewer of Purple I Daily. I didn't get his name, but we appreciate you. Johnny. Uh, but, but I'm about to fulfill. I'm about to fulfill what I said I would, which is, okay, Podlesny, um, the, what they did was they had both kickers attempt field goals to end the two minute drills, and then they brought them back and had them just go back in, like, seven-yard increments, okay? Podlesny, not surprising, didn't get the same amount of kicks. Now, at the end of the two-minute drill, both these guys were perfect. Podlesny, I have him making one for 48 yards. Greg Joseph made his from 
45. So for that, they're perfect. Now we get into the sort of competition, the showdown. Mm. Podlesny hits from 45 and 50 and misses wide left from 33. So he's two or three. He missed from 33. I know. Sort of an extra point, right? Right? But let's talk about Greg Joseph. Four of seven. Ooh, it's about that was about his percentage, I feel like, last year. He hits I'm, from I'm 32. Yarders, he hits from 32. He hits from 45. He hits from 52. And at the very end for his last kick, he finally hit from 58. But here's why. It took some time. He missed wide left, all three of these misses wide left, from 38, and then he was going to end practice with a 58-yard attempt. He missed those twice wide left before he finally ma- made one. So but he they missed both... a 38-yarder, you said, and two 58-yarders? Yes. And Podlesny okay. missed from 33. Okay. You'd like to see those made. So I would say we don't have a kicking competition except for this. Ryan Wright made the team. So I think we do. I think Matt Daniels and this coaching staff has shown that they are taking competitions like this seriously and that Podlesny is not just a camp like and that this is something to certainly watch. Greg Joseph is the favorite, but I don't think he's a slam dunk. Okay, Declan, did you get that memo there, Declan? Just want to make sure you were I did. Are you going to be upset if he's attention. cut? I mean, it depends if Podlesny looks better. Oh, so your loyalty is not to Greg Joseph anymore. Yeah, it, I, mean, See, I it, thought you were. I, I like Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph didn't cost the team games last year. In fact, he was special teams player of the week. He won them a few games. If you want to really go back if they won or lost games, Greg Joseph actually won you a few games last year. Um, no, I'm, I'm down with whatever kicker is making the most kicks and the one that makes sense for them. So if Pod Lesney comes in and steals this job, no, I'm not completely upset about that. That's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I have no real, like, commitment to Greg Joseph here if I'm the Vikings. He he's not from yeah. fifty plus yards and extra points. He's really shaky. So if they feel like there's somebody better, you know, all right. I don't th- I don't think anyone's gonna be up in arms if if he's a surprise cut, you know, a week before week one. We'll see. All right, and then final transaction notes. Um they, they signed a couple of tackles and released a guard. I, they're clearly trying to get that right. Like I think the right Reisner thing was actually potentially for a starter. What they did on Friday is is backup depth guys who probably don't make the team out, out of training camp. But it is worth noting, Kane Wangwu didn't practice last night. Okay. And there was a report from a guru of XFL coverage mm-hmm. that um, that the Vikings plan to sign Abram Smith of the D.C. Defenders, who led the XFL in rushing in 2023, 791 yards, seven touchdowns, 13 receptions, 91 yards. Um, Abram Smith, as you watch him go through the workouts, they if Kane's going to be out, they probably just need more depth too. But you know what? I'm not positive that those backup spots are locked up necessarily. So I guess I have some interest if Abram Smith could actually, with playing time, make a run at a roster spot. So Abram Smith, yeah, he's a Baylor guy. Uh, if I, if I, I think I made a failed prediction that he was going to like win the XFL uh, championship game MVP a few months ago. Pretty sure I. Made oh, was that, that who you predicted? I remember you yep. predicted. Uh... Yep. So he, so he basically did not play much at all his first three years. But as a senior, he was the bell cow at Baylor in 2021. So he's, he's you know, what two years removed from graduating from Baylor. 
He carried the ball 257 times for 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. He averaged 6.2 yards per carry. So, you know, he's done it at a high level in an offensive-centric uh, Big 12, and then he dominated the XFL. So, oh, is he any – I mean, he's kind of in a similar bin as like a Dwayne McBride or maybe a Ty right. Chandler where you put up a bunch of yards in college and, you know, right. see what happens. So, okay, that's it. That's the notebook. I wow. am tuckered. That is a beefy, beefy Hope you all enjoyed it. From Judd right there. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here live on a Friday morning. We, uh, we're we going to keep doing this on Fridays just a little bit after 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time. We're also discussing potentially going live on Monday mornings during the football season. So we'll, we'll kind of unveil more of a, a fall schedule going forward here. But um, we love doing these live streams. If you could, if you haven't already, click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. You can help us continue to grow this awesome community of Vikings fans. And, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And now Kevin O'Connell knows who it's coming from.